We're here in our series that we've titled The Joy of Christmas. The Joy of Christmas. And there's so much power packed into the Christmas story. And we've been walking through different narratives throughout the Christmas story. For example, we, we got to lean in a few weeks ago to Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, and their story of giving birth to John the, Bapti- the Baptist, the baptizer, um, who would prepare the way for Jesus himself. And uh, we talked about their story of faith and trust in the Lord. And, we, and then we, we looked at Philippians 2 and the cost of Christmas, the great story of the incarnation of Christ, how God would send his only son. Last week, we leaned into Mary's song, and we looked at how she was humble, and it was her humility that set her apart. There was something about Mary, and what was it? It was her humility that grasped the heaven's attention, and God would select her to give birth to the Messiah. But oftentimes when I hear the Christmas story spoken about, it seems like there's a forgotten character within the mix, and it's a young man that goes by the name of Joseph. Joseph, you know, Joseph, Mary's husband. Joseph, the adopted dad of Jesus. Joseph, the carpenter. Joseph, the righteous man. Joseph, the man who loved God. And Joseph, the one who is oftentimes overlooked. And I thought today would be powerful if we turned our attention to Matthew chapter 1, and we looked at Joseph's life as to why Jesus himself, who set all this up, by the way, chose to say, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with him being my dad on earth, all right? He must have something about him that was special. Let's go ahead and look at Joseph's story today. So if you uh, have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And we're going to read 18 all the way through 25. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Father, before we eat from your word today, we pray that you would now prepare our appetite, prepare our hearts. God, if we're full off the things of this world or if we're full off the things of sin, may they just disappear because that's what's going to happen anyway. And God, give us a fresh hunger for your word. Give us a fresh insight into the Christmas story. God, help us to get to know Joseph all the more, but more importantly, help us to get to know Jesus through Joseph's story. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. If you ever wanted to know how this whole thing happened, here we go. This is Christmas story 101 right here. This is the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yahshua, Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, quote Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, say it with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the Lord, 
did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. I want to preach a message to you this morning that, that I'm titling Leadership Lessons from Joseph. Leadership Lessons from Joseph. I want to remind everybody in the room today, whether young or old, that all of us in the room are leaders. The question is, are you a good leader or a bad leader? <laughs> right? That's the question that, that you may need to ask yourself. And I feel like there's some good leadership qualities and characteristics that we find in this godly man, Joseph. So let's go ahead and uh, peruse through his story in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we see here, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bold a couple things on the screen here, and it's going to help us just lean into this story all the more. When I'm reading this, one thing that challenges me, and it almost leaves me a little bit perplexed, is this bold statement right here. She was found to be with child. In other words, Joseph found out. <laughs> Right? Put, put yourself, if you can, in his sandals, okay? Joseph found his fiance slash wife. See, in this culture, engagement, also known as betrothal, was such a big deal that you actually referred to your uh, fiance as your spouse, although you hadn't come together in an official marriage ceremony yet. But Engagement was so real and so deep, unlike our engagements in American culture, that it was such a special thing to be betrothed to one another. You actually couldn't see each other or really hang out with each other at that level for a full year because you were growing your love and appreciation and, and heart for your one-day spouse. It was such a big deal. One day Joseph found out. We don't know how he found out. I don't know if he saw her at the marketplace or if somebody said, hey, bro, your girl has a baby bump, all right? I don't, I don't mean to be rude. Maybe she's eating good, but that looks like a baby, bro. And, and she was found. They found her to be with a child. Now verse 19 comes into play. What would Joseph's response to this be? Her husband, Joseph, see, they weren't, they weren't married yet, but still refers to them as husband and wife because of the betrothal. Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, this is an amazing verse, but there's a lot of different nuances that may help us understand it a little bit better. Let me go ahead and highlight the word just, being a, a just man. This word just is the, the Greek word dikaios. And it's the same word that's used for the word righteous. So tr some translations would say Joseph being a just man, or like the NASB version. Let me go ahead and show you that one. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, it's, it's a word that's interchangeable. It means that he's a man who is about justice. He's a just man. He's a man who's about righteousness. He's a righteous man, that Joseph, one of the first characteristics that we see in Joseph's life that set him apart was the righteousness of Joseph. I love throughout the Christmas story, we see the righteousness of these different characters on display. It said Zechariah and Elizabeth demonstrated 
righteousness. We see here now Joseph demonstrating righteousness. Mary demonstrated righteousness. There's something about righteous living that God says, I can use that person. Here's why. Because they're going to do the right thing. Remember this reality statement. I'm just bringing it back from a few weeks ago. Righteous living is doing the right thing the right way at the right time. And God, in eternity, must have spotted Joseph and said, this brother right here, oh, this guy right here is going to do the right thing at the right time, the right way. And we see this lived out in Joseph right here. It says, Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, not wanting to put her to shame, planned to send her away secretly. Douglas O'Donnell, he writes on this verse, he says it like this. On one shoulder, Joseph has the righteous requirements of God's law whispering in his ear, you have to expose her error. This sin cannot go unpunished. The law is speaking. On the other shoulder is the compassion and mercy of God's law. This seems like the tension that we oftentimes live in. And what if we can learn from Joseph today? We're on on one shoulder. There's this very real anger and just righteous feeling. Jesus got angry. It's a righteous anger. But yet he also says, be slow to get there. You can't find a verse that says, be quick to anger. But you will find one that says, be slow to anger. Right? And so Joseph here, he has this very real struggle within him. He says, you know what? we got to expose this sin. I'm a righteous, just man. Righteous and just people, like righteous and just God, will expose sin. But how we do it is the question. Do we put everybody on blast on Facebook? <laughs> do we slander and talk about it and gossip? You know, one of the, one of the Christian ways to gossip is, is say, hey, man, I want you to pray for Pastor Mike. He, insert gossip. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not what Joseph is doing here. Right As we look at the text, it says that Joseph resolved to do this secretly. He wanted to do this quietly. The ESV study Bible says it like this. Joseph intended to maintain his personal righteousness, absolutely. Yet he desired to show compassion even though Mary appeared to be an adulteress. Remember, there had been no angelic dream yet. In fact, God hadn't spoken for 400 years. Joseph isn't about to believe this 14-year-old who says, look, I promise you, it wasn't another dude. It was an angel. He told me, this baby's from the Holy Spirit. You got to believe me. Joseph is like, you crazy. I'm not going to have you killed because the righteous requirement of the law could have you stoned to death in, in the street. But because I love God and I have love for you, I'm going to do this thing quietly because I'm a righteous man. Let's look at the characteristics on display in Joseph's life that he wouldn't rush to expose. And so, so often I think in our faith we get so, oh, I want to call somebody out. I just want to. Take this book and hit somebody with it. That's not Joseph, though. 
I, I want to expose somebody. I want to expose political stuff. I want to expose people that are wrong. I want to make sure everybody knows that they're wrong. That's not Joseph, though. I think Joseph had such a high view of God that he said, God will do it. I, I, Jesus himself said, vengeance is mine. Leave the revenge to me. I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean that we compromise. In no way does Joseph compromise. He says, I'm still going to get a divorce, even though I know God hates divorce. I can't continue in this adulterous marriage, but my compassion is on display because God's compassion is on display. So here's what happens next. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the first part, part A. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Let me go ahead and bold these three words right here. Let me help you see this one thing. As he considered these things, say these three words with me. Considered these things. There is so much power that happens in the considering. Church, I want to encourage you in 2020 to learn how to consider better. There's something powerful in considering. Let me give you the definition for the word consider. Consider, it's a verb. It means to think carefully about something. Typically, watch this, before making a decision. Consider means to gaze on steadily or reflectively. Hmm, what's happening here? Let me dissect the situation. Joseph is a righteous man. Righteous people consider things. Let me prove it to you. The book of Proverbs is a book all about wisdom. It says the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. This is a verse for the church. This is a verse for me. I got to learn how to ponder better. I know sometimes my heart skips past the pondering and just blurts out. That is wicked. Another text would say, that is foolish. And if we could learn this principle that we see in the life of Joseph, I think we're going to be better husbands, better wives, better parents, better children, better pastors. Better church leaders, better dream team members, better principals, better educators and businessmen. The heart of the righteous ponders, how should I answer right now? There's something powerful about that. Joseph, in a difficult circumstance, pondered. Let me give you the NLT translation, a little bit different. Next slide. It says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. That's what ponder means. It means, let me just think carefully about this. I know I've gotten myself into so much trouble throughout my journey just because I didn't think carefully. If I would have thought more carefully, I would have said something different. Or I would have did something different. I mean, check this out. Listen to me, listen to me. How important is this principle right here? What if Joseph said, you know what? Skipping the ponder, skipping the consider, skipping the think carefully, Skipping the go to sleep, I'm just going to get her in the street and expose her sin right now while baby Jesus is in her womb. How much power is in the considering? The fact that Joseph said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm upset, but I am righteous. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to sleep on it. What a powerful principle. I'm, I'm learning through Joseph's life, before I make a decision, I better consider, 
ponder, think carefully, get wise counsel. What does God say? Who are you considering? I'm considering what God has to say. I'm considering what leaders have to say. I'm considering how this might turn out a week from now. I'm considering how this might turn out five years from now. I'm considering what God would want to do. I'm considering what words I want to say. I'm considering what words I should not say. I want to consider the feeling and the vibe and the atmosphere. What about considering, church? Come on. Amen? If we can do this, this might help us. This is Joseph. This is Christmas. Let me give you a reality statement. Write this statement down, all right? Don't make a permanent decision. Oh, man. Based off a temporary emotion. Please, let Lord help somebody right now. Don't make a permanent decision based off a temporary emotion because our emotions are temporary, aren't they? I mean, literally, in one minute, we can go from up to down and back up again. Our emotions don't lead us. We lead our emotions. And what leads us? The Word of God. The, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God tells our emotions what to do and how to feel and how to act, not the opposite. Joseph says this, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about making a permanent decision, but before I do it, i got to go to sleep. i got to just sleep on this. This is a lot to take in. I can't just make a permanent decision yet. It's really just temporary emotions I'm feeling. One day they're going to probably leave. I'll get different emotions. Before that, i got to consider these things. That's what he does. Daniel Darling, in his book, The Characters of Christmas, we have a few of those books on sale for you. I would encourage you to pick one up. This is how Daniel Darling says it. He says, Joseph didn't make a decision out of immediate anger. He wasn't irrational and unstable. For a young man who had just seen his life turn upside down, he demonstrated remarkable grace and poise. He took time and assessed the situation. And seeing the humanity of Mary made the choice that would be best for her. That's humility, right? Remember last week we, we gave a definition for humility? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not considering your own desires as the main thing, but actually considering the desires of others as more important than your own. Joseph said, you know what? I'm going to consider Mary in this situation. Clearly, she has some, some type of stuff happening in her life. I'm going to do this quietly. But while he considered, God showed up. I really feel like if we could just have some more space for considering, it gives a crack in the door for God to just step in. It's a good word, amen, pray? That, that God says, look, there's enough room in the considering that, that Joseph considered me, that I'm going to speak to him. This Christmas, I want to encourage you, the, 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 the devil, the enemy, is going to do something in your life. It's just going to happen because he hates you. Let me just expose that. Everything about Satan hates everything about you. And his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy your life and your joy and your purpose. And so as he's working on overtime to try to do that, with his demonic forces of this world, try to just stop and consider more. And don't make a permanent decision based off a temporary emotion.
That, that might help you this Christmas season. Let's continue looking. Verse 20 and beyond. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God tasked an angel. He's now in a dream. And he speaks to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David. Wow, Joseph is linked to King David. The angel has to remind Joseph of his identity. That there's still a chance that the Messiah might come from your family. Joseph Son of David. The angels know scripture. They know the theology of the Messiah. Do not fear. Look at the person next to you and say, do not fear. Come on, you got nothing to be afraid of. God is in this thing. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Because there's a whole lot of fear in taking Mary as his wife. You do know that. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He affirms Mary's testimony. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the prophet had spoken. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we see the righteousness of Joseph on display. He, he's a righteous and just man. He's considering the law. He's considering compassion. He's considering humility. He doesn't make a permanent decision based off a temporary emotion. Instead, he goes to sleep on it. Maybe it's an email that you need to send. He, he types it all out, and before he sends it, he says, I'm going to go to sleep on it. Because Maybe that next day when you reread it, you might feel differently. You might have a dream. So what do we see here? Am I reading the same story? There's much to learn here. What happens next is we see the second principle of Joseph's leadership. Let's go ahead and read verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let me give you the second principle. It was the righteousness of Joseph and the obedience of Joseph. The second principle of leadership that we see in Joseph's life is the obedience. I'm about to highlight two words that will absolutely, without a doubt, straight up facts, change your life. Let me show it to you on the screen. These two words right there. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo! If I could give you a sermon today, it would be a two-word sermon. He did. He didn't argue. No more considering. Obeying. When Joseph woke up, he did. What a word. We could say amen right there. Because, because the reality is, I know that there's some people in the room. Now, y'all might be extra spiritual. Spiritual. I don't really care. If you're not doing it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Something about Joseph that God knew, once I speak to him, he'll do it. God may be withholding your next step because he knows you're not faithful now. That he's still waiting for you to do it. And then you'll get the next step. I mean, could you imagine if Joseph didn't do it? 
We wouldn't be talking about him today. He would be one of the biggest failures of history. We'd be talking about somebody else. God was still going to accomplish his mission, and God's still going to accomplish his mission with or without you. But, but I want to be a part of it. I want to be in the game. I want to play a role. I love the fact that Joseph woke up and he did it. He did not do something easy. He did something very difficult. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He, he took his wife. Daniel Darling, once again, would like to quote from him. He says, we don't know much about Joseph, but we do know this. He was a faithful follower of God who would do right when it cost him the most. He would be then a faithful steward of the Son of God. God said, who's going to be faithful to raise up my son? Jesus is like, who's going to be faithful to raise me up? This dude right here is righteous. This guy right here is just. He knows about considering he knows about doing stuff that's difficult. For example, taking Mary and continuing on even though he will be scrutinized and shamed for the rest of his life. But what would come out of that would be the Messiah. Miracles don't usually come from easy places. Miracles tend to come from suffering, tend to come from difficult circumstances. Who can, who can endure and persevere in, in and through the difficulty typically are the ones that see the miracle. And we can see that here in Joseph's life, that he did. I like how the gospel writer John says this. John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, come on, read it with me. Ready? One, two, three. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Here's what Jesus says. If. That's a big word right there. Some of us are on the, the line between if. Do I really love God? Here's how you can know. Are you obedient? Here's the, here's the deal. And I learned this from my pastor, Vance Pittman. He, he once said it like this. If you got an obedient problem, you really just got a love problem. It, it's, it's not obedience that, that, that's first. It's if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not like you'll have to really try hard. It'll be, it's because you love me. Loving leads to obeying. And we see here in Joseph's story that he loves God. Therefore, he did. And because he's loved by God, he did. I want to encourage you, whatever God's calling you to do, because you love him, do it. And, and, and when you're considering, don't forget to consider Romans 8, 28, which says, all things are working together for your good. If you love God, here's the deal. If God's calling you to do something, even if it looks difficult, consider the fact that if you do it, it's going to turn out good. You might not be able to see the G-O-O-D right now, but it will be good because God said it, and that settles it. Consider that, that, that he, he did. Multiple times, Joseph did. I want to just read a few more scriptures really quick. Check this out in Matthew chapter 2, because we're not going to be able to get, i got to get all my Christmas verses in right now and Tuesday, okay? But check this out. Let's read the rest of Joseph's story. We only know this much about him. He's about to disappear like all of us, and we're all going to point to Jesus. 
When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Again, in Egypt. <laughs> the angel's like, hey, this worked the first time. Let's try this again. Saying, rise, take the child and his mother. Go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose. Right? Joseph's saying, hey, I'm an obedient dude. And he rose and took the child and his mother. He's leading his family. And they went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, keep going with me, in, keep going with me, the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream again, he withdrew the district of Galilee. So back to back, I'm sorry, four times. Joseph had four dreams. He was obedient in all of them. That's wild right there. How about it's so impressive too. And it's so prophetic, too, because Joseph in Genesis was also a dreamer and was obedient in his dreams. And he would save his people in Egypt. What's going on here? This is too deep right here. He went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken by prophets might be fulfilled. Let me go ahead and let me challenge you with this. God tends to fulfill prophecy on people that are obedient. God, God, if he knows you'll be obedient to whatever he calls you to do, he might fulfill a prophecy from you. I mean, so that the prophecy could be fulfilled. I'm going to use Joseph to check all these prophecies off. The, the first dream was like, hey, look, Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, you're a righteous man. You know the word, right, Joseph? He's like, oh, yeah, I know that verse. We're waiting for him. Yeah, he's coming from you. Coming from Mary. I'm going to use you to fulfill that one. And you know the one about Nazareth, too? Let's do that one, too. You know that one about Jesus escaping from Egypt? The Messiah will go on his way. Let's do that one too. Let's go ahead and just fill them all right up right now. You know, in Bethlehem, the, the Savior would be born through a virgin in Bethlehem. You know the story, right, in Isaiah 9? This is going to be through you. Joseph said, man, it, this, I, I, righteousness is good. Obedience is good. God's using me to play a significant part. I want to give you three quick bullet points, all right, for our note takers in the room. Um, on what it looks like to shape history with your obedience. To shape history with your obedience. The first one is he did. The second one is he didn't. There's, there's, powerful, there's power in the doing. There's powerful in the not doing. There's power in saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to go for it. This is a difficult circumstance. I don't know how the rest of it's going to spell out, but I trust him. I'm going to do it. There's also power in the he didn't. Come on, let me show it to you in the next text. Right, we see it right here on display. The scripture says, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. There's, there's powerful in the refraining from sin. There's power in saying no to sin. There's power in saying no to lustful desires. There's power in saying, you know what, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to click on that. I'm not going to go to this house. I'm going to keep the door open. No, we have to set up boundaries because I want to be obedient to God because I want to be, because I love God. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You got an obedience problem, you got a love problem. I love how Joseph says, look, even though we married, we're not going across that line until this baby's born. This is the son of God. I'm refraining. My brother, I'm clapping with y'all. I'm going to clap with y'all. 
I mean, this isn't a popular point in the sermon, but this will save your life. <clears throat> so help your life. Be obedient. A friend called me this, this past week. He said, hey, I got an issue. I said, what's your issue? He said, I'm really facing a difficult circumstance. Uh, what should I do? I said, be obedient. <laughs> it was not the answer he was looking for. <laughs> really? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what Joseph did. Like, you, want, you, you wanted some wise counsel. Do what God's telling you to do. The truth will set you free. Or you can stay in your own little prison cell and make yourself miserable and everybody around you miserable. Just be obedient and watch God work. But knew her not, there's power in the refraining. And let me go ahead and talk to you about the grace of God just for one moment. The grace of God is so powerful that the grace of God, if you really understand it and appreciate it, grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. In fact, it's God giving you favor in place of what you deserve. You deserve death. God gives you Jesus. That's grace right there. Grace is a person. His name's Jesus, right? Now, now watch this verse. Titus chapter 2, one of my favorite verses. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Look at the person next to you say, this is for you. All people, right? If you're watching online, this is for you. It teaches us, say this with me, it teaches us to say, no. it teaches us to say, no. it teaches us to say, no. say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Don't give me no, oh, man, one day I'm going to get it right. Like, in the future, I'm going to start going to church. No, you won't. You're not going to do something later that you're not doing now. I'm going to start tithing when I get my money up. No, you won't. I'm going to start serving when I get my life together. No, you won't. If you start doing it now, it'll just start building, start growing. Work on the discipline now. I'm going to make that relationship better later. No, you won't. That person may not even be here later. Do it now. Do it now. Learn from Joseph's story. Whatever God's calling you to do, it's going to be good. Just do it now. Let me give you the last and final point. He did, he didn't, and he called. Leadership lessons from Joseph. He called. What does that mean, he called? Well, let's, let's finish the verse. Verse 25. The scripture said, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph said, I'm going to own this thing. I'll name him. His name's Jesus. Joseph could have been tempted to say, let's name him Joseph. You know, like, this is the son of God. Like, come on. Like. But Joseph even affirms through naming Jesus, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. The name Jesus means one who saves. The, the Savior. So when Joseph says, I'm going to be obedient and even calling him Jesus, we see on display his real heart for God, his obedience, and his humility. I don't have to be the main one in the story. It's all about Jesus. Amen? Daniel Ang, who is a theological professor at Moody Seminary, he says it like this. In naming the child, Joseph took on the role of father. 
effectively adopting Jesus as his own. He trusted the angel's message. This child was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not by another man. Joseph embraced the role of adoptive father. What a word. Maybe God may be calling you to consider adopting. Learn that from Joseph. Adoption is a biblical idea before any idea. In fact, Ephesians 1, if you want to go listen to that sermon uh, a couple years ago, tells us in Ephesians 1, before the foundation of the world, God adopted us into his family through his son Jesus. God is passionate about this subject, and I think we should be as well. But before you make a permanent decision, (laughs) consider, consider, consider what God's calling you to do. Final reality statement, I'm moving. Final reality statement is this. The, the, The thing that set Mary apart was her humility. The thing that set Joseph apart was his obedience. Humility plus obedience equals Christmas. Amen. That, that's what's on display. I'm going to pray for us. Our worship team is going to lead us in uh, one more song of praise. And I just want to encourage you with this word. Here, look at me, church. Look at me. Whatever God's calling you to do, do it. If God's calling you to come down here and pray, come down here and pray. God's calling you to grab a pastor or a leader or or a lady or a person and just say, hey, can you pray with me? Pray for me. Do it. God's calling you to text somebody, repent of something, make something right. We got a few days left in 2019. Get it right. Do it. The, The verse for this is actually in the book of Hebrews. It's in Hebrews chapter 3. We'll put it up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 3 says it like this. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Only you know if your heart is hard. Soften your heart and trust God.